Welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Milos Sharchev. Very good. Thank very you, good. Mike. It's great to be a part of the team. You know, today, as you know already, the way I walked into the, the, the facility, you were warming up in Silico. Why don't we just do the workout? And what we did... You know, oh, you, it was a workout. Yeah. You did a hell of a workout. So, yeah, it, it's uh, great to be here. Uh, we experienced a little bit of my intensity as far as training. And ever since then, what did we talk about? I'm still to this moment bummed that this right. perfect workout that we had, it didn't follow my inter-workout supplementation because then it would be just like perfect. But uh, exactly. we're going to talk about this later. Right? We are. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I remember... So a lot of a lot of people who who may listen just to kind of give you a little bit of an intro and in how we got here is so years ago I look I, I've known about you for so long you know and um, working at Muscle and Fitness magazine uh, for ten years helping run the Mister Olympia I mean how could you not know who you were right and so the cool thing about it and you and I've talked about this was how you've gotten to be a part of our organization now. And I, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, you have an athlete now. No, you're a part of the family. Like you're, you're one of the, the marquee um, stalwarts in the fitness industry that I think is just an icon. And, and there's two reasons why I really think that's important for people to understand. Number one, because the unique thing that I think we don't have any other organization in this industry who can honestly say that they have time with Joe Weider, who I think without him, none of this would be possible. You yourself, me, Vince Andrich, Jim Stepani, um, you know, hopefully down the road, we're doing some stuff with Gunnar Peterson. And I think it's really cool that not only are we just aligning ourselves with people of your caliber, but with people who have a solid foundation in respect of where this all started and how this all kind of came to be. So I'm, I, I could not be more pleased with having you here. I think, you know, you've heard me say it before, but I'm just honored that you're a part of our, of, of our team now, Milos. Thank you, Mike. And I, I'm super excited to be part of it because like you, uh, I, I watched uh, Joe Weider and I pretty much, identify him almost as my father. I mean, he's really, truly father of bodybuilding. Uh, I became a pro bodybuilder in 91. 92, he signed me right away. Right away, he invited me to the office, and I had a 15-year-long contract with Joe Weider. Uh, I absolutely love him. He's an icon and uh, somebody to go to for... If you're truly passionate about bodybuilding, there's one place, one place only to go, Joe Weider's eyes, right. and then listen to his stories. Oh, Let him dissect everything about you and then tell you what you're supposed to do. So this is how I also met uh, Jim Stepani and uh, Vince Andrich that uh, I know for a long, long time. So when they contacted me and uh, expressed the interest for me to come here and then I met you, uh, I must say that instantly, I mean, there is... Uh, some chemistry that uh, you have with some people and uh, with some you just don't. Uh, but like what happened today, and I'm, I'm uh, hoping that people are gonna, that are watching this podcast are going to be able to see what we just did, the right. workout that we did. Um, you know very well, I'm super passionate about training. I spent over 40 years of my life into this. 
experimenting myself and then finding my own logic behind many, many things. And I was innovator, and this is why uh, somebody in the Wither office, I guess, uh, editorial, gave me a moniker, The Mind. Why? Because every time when uh, they interviewed me, I always had something to say that was not conventional, mm -hmm. and then they would, uh, you know, trigger a conversation. And uh, uh, this is what I'm always all about. My father is a neuropsychiatrist, always told me since I was a kid, analyze everything, try to understand it, and then, like Bruce Lee principle, accept what is useful, discard what is useless, and create whatever is your own method. And this is what I did in uh, training philosophy, and you experienced my training today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I told you, I have not been pushed. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely, because we, the nice thing is, is we got it all on camera. So we went live on the Jim Army Facebook page, which was cool. We got, I, I have to look, I think over 3,000 views just now. Yeah. Um, but we'll definitely put a post-production spin on it and make sure that you have that. Because I told Milos when we were, I said, I have not been pushed like that in any aspect of physical fitness or, or anything since my old college days of playing football. So yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was intense. But... You know, this is what you experience. That's maximization of stimulation of maximum amount of muscle fibers of the targeting muscle groups, which was biceps triceps today. So this is this is really how my theory uh, would come, and I would like to discuss this with you. Everything in life, whatever we do, we want a maximum results. Let's right. let's face it. It just uh, a lot of people fall into the the gray area of mediocrity, and they accept. What is uh, you know neighbor doing or brother, mother, father, whatever? They don't have those higher goals. If you don't set higher goals, how are you going to reach it? If, as Arnold Schwarzenegger said, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to be just cruising around. You, you're never going to have a you know a, a perfect destination. Journey might be okay, but you want to enjoy the journey to the destination that is on top of the mountain and above. So. Um, as you know, you follow my career back in the 90s, right? You were with uh, Joe Weider, and um, I was probably in the wrong era. I started competing in 91, and I qualified for Olympia every year in the 1990s, 10 years in a row, which I believe only Sean Ray and myself did it in the 90s, because uh, Kevin Lebroni, Flex Villa, they all came like uh, 92, 93, right. and stuff like that. But uh, I, uh, I managed to qualify why? Not because I was superior by any means. I, I think that uh, I was not really at the level of Flex Fielder, Kevin Leveroni, Dorian Yates, Sean Ray, you know, Chris Cormier. But I was doing everything in my power to maximize every aspect of my nutrition, supplementation, training, and a contest preparation. And uh, I managed to actually break the every record. I did 72 shows, pro shows in a matter of 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, so I, and, and Milos knows this, you know my, you know what my first, well, maybe you don't know, you know what my first bodybuilding show ever was? Did I tell you this? Uh, so it was 2003, oh, and um, I, uh, it was right, so, well, I won't tell you, so I'm standing with a gentleman who, like yourself, he can, well, you know, he, he just, 30 years of, of being in the industry, 
and uh, at least 25 at that time. And he and I are standing and um, standing backstage, and there's Jay Cutler, there's Ronnie Coleman, um, you know, Dexter Jackson, Chris Cormier, you know, like all, all these icons. And it was a Mr. Olympia show. And he looks over at me and he goes, so how many bodybuilding shows have you been to? And I'm like, that was my first one. Oh. He goes, this is, I've been here for 25 years in this industry and I've been to over 200 shows and, and it took me 25 years to get backstage Same at the Olympia. Thing. This is your first one. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, well, now you, <laughs> any show you ever go to. And I didn't realize when you say the amount of shows that you did, what that really means because realistically guys at the olympia that was like the only show that they would do um same thing with the arnold you know a lot of these ifbb pro shows they would do one maybe maybe two maybe two like you know it's usually the olympia and maybe the arnold maybe yes. you know and that was it so to do 72 shows you, you nailed it this was uh, basically how it was bodybuilders would peak for one show or maybe two you know, so when I uh, get my pro card, immediately first two years I did every show that was organized. I mean, I have a pro card. What is my profession, pro bodybuilder? What do pro bodybuilders do? Compete for a living, right? <laughs> right. I mean, this is for, for me, it was not even a question. And then when I started doing it, and I did so many shows, then Dexter Jackson, uh, Chris Cormier, and other people said, oh, they're going to pull the Milos thing. The Milos thing was to compete in every show. So for me, it was really uh, when I get into bodybuilding, let, let's first touch that subject. Why would you, me, anybody who's listening, start lifting weights? Well, if men can be skinny, fat, or muscular, and any man is going to tell me or you that would rather be anything but muscular, they're lying. You know. <laughs> so this is, this is, let's, let's first face that one. Now, does everybody want to look like a pro bodybuilder? Not necessarily, but everybody wants to be in shape, strong, athletic, right? So when I first time uh, in Serbia back in the day, that was Yugoslavia, seeing the pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Frank Zen, Franco Colombo, you know, Lou Ferrino, like, hold on a second, human body can actually look like that? You right. know? Uh, this was socialistic uh, country government, yeah, but communistic party, and uh, nobody there would actually invite you to maybe build your body and, uh, you know, do something. No, you work, some physical work to make living, you know, don't waste your calories elsewhere. But for me, uh, I was a teenager and I've seen the pictures of uh, Arnold, it's like, oh my God, if human body can look like this, I want to look like that. So initially, um, my father, who was a psychiatrist and was uh, all into uh, you know, physical work, that's okay, but the sports, no problem, and the discipline, he got me into, uh, into uh, martial arts uh, you know, to, to get that discipline, right? Really? Because, yeah, he, was, uh, and he put me first in karate, but karate was not an uh, uh, Olympic sport. So when I realized I will not be able to represent my country, in this sport, uh, I switched to judo because in judo we had uh, some, uh, I, I know him personally, Slavko Barov, the Olympic medalist, and, and I trained in his, uh, his dojo. Uh, but as I was training judo, I got a magazine, uh, 
bodybuilders and seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was instantly, I remember this, like yesterday, whoa, this is what I want to look like. And I can imagine, okay, now it's different, of course, 2021, and everybody right. has been seeing everything for many years, but this is, I'm speaking, early 70s, right? right? Uh, so for me, the realization that human body can look like that was instantly my decision. I'm gonna make it happen, and uh, I was gonna represent my country in the sport. That was my instant goal. I was always <clears throat> very much oriented that I would put uh, on a paper, you know. So when I, when I started training, my um, uh, instant desire is to win Yugoslavian championship, but. Uh, as my father told me, I always believed that uh, if any human can do something, so can you. Right. Right? So for me, it was always, uh, I'm going to do that. But in order to do that, I had to come to the United States of America because nobody in Yugoslavia even uh, knew what bodybuilding really was. So I made a clear five-year plan. I remember that was 2000, uh, uh, 1987. And uh, I was writing journals at the time. There was, of course, no computers, no internet, no nothing. So in my journal, uh, I wrote five-year plan to come to the United States, to uh, win Miss Universe, to uh, turn IBB professional, to qualify for Miss Olympia, and to make a living of a bodybuilding so I can only you know, do bodybuilding. I came uh, October 87, I won Universe 89, I turned professional 91, Qualify for Olympia in my first show. Wow. And uh, got the Joey the contract in 92. So I accomplished everything in a little bit less than five years. And uh, really, uh, why I'm saying this, because it's not so special or anything. I think I'm not superior or inferior to anyone. I'm just determined. And uh, I knew that if anybody can do it, so can I. If I did it, so can you. Uh, but how? Right. Not by accident, you have to maximize every aspect of profession you're gonna you know, be involved in. And in my sport, it was everything about nutrition. Okay, what do we know about nutrition? What did we, we knew back then? Who don't take so much protein. RDA for protein is only 0 0.36 or 38 uh, grams per uh, pound of body, body weight. weight right, yeah. Yeah. You don't need more protein. Okay, so this is how you start. But then, uh, as my father said, okay, think. Think. Oh, what is protein? Oh, only building nutrient. Carbohydrates and fat are only energy nutrients. They can only give you energy, but protein, besides being energy nutrient, if needed, if there is not energy nutrients available, the only protein can build your body. Yep. So Builds muscle. Do I want a small little house? Or a mansion, the one uh, just any little muscle. I want a you know Mr. Universe uh, type of physique. So then, uh, uh, experimentally, I start increasing protein to, you know, one gram, one and a half. I went to two grams of protein per pound of body weight, which some people would think it's excessive, but for 15 years straight, I was doing between 450 and 550 grams daily. Right. I have. A, I have a journal of that. And I'm sure all that was coming from just food, right? No. <laughs> there, was, there was, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And, and, well, yeah. the reason why I bring that up is because I think that, you know, y you say that. And, you know, Jim talks about this quite mm -hmm. a bit, too. 
you know, 1.5 to two grams per pound of body weight. Yes. That's his rule. Yes. Um, Excellent. And, and the, the big thing is, is we get a lot of people, not a lot of people, but you know, some of the people say, Oh, supplements, you can't, you know, you can just get all that you need from food. If you're literally trying to eat four to 500 grams of protein from straight food, all you would be doing is eating all day. And not just all that, day. not just that, no, that we touch the subject. And then, uh, this is straight talk has nothing to do with the gym supplement. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this as what I said, this, I said it a million times and I'm going to repeat million times because that's what I think. So why do we eat chicken and turkey and beef and fish and eggs and whatever? Right? Oh, because that's a good source of protein that uh, is complete protein. Right. What does it mean? When you digest it, break it down, you're going to get all the essential amino acids, building blocks of protein. They can be integrated in every tissue, enzyme, hormone, bone, muscle, hair, skin, right? So this is why we take it. So if I have I mean, essential amino acids that is coming from this protein powder, so it's methionine, lysine, isoleucine, leucine, valine, whatever, phenylalanine. Oh, so now if this uh, amino acid is in bloodstream, your body would recognize the one that came from a beef or from a chicken and utilize it differently than the yeah. one that's going to get it from protein? No. You're going to use, if you get those valuable amino acids from a protein powder, it's going to be much easier to digest, number right. one. Right. Faster uh, uh, availability of amino acids, okay? And what else? You're not going to get maybe additional fats that you didn't plan on using because if right. I want to have my 50 grams of protein and I take eight ounces of beef and I get my eight, uh, 50 grams of protein, I would also have a 30, 40 grams of fat with it. So when, you, so when you were doing this in the early 90s and you were doing it like, so how, what percentage or what was the ratio of your food intake versus getting additional yeah. protein from supplements? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, and I said that many times, I had uh, eight feedings a day. Wow. Five uh, solid and three uh, through the supplements. When it was impossible, like you said, it was impossible for me to eat five meals, I would replace another one. So I would just make sure that I have a, my content, micro, micronutrient content, my 450 to 550 grams of protein daily. And uh, yeah, I am Serbian, so I like to eat. I mean, I have to say I like to eat. But uh, unfortunately, um, now I'm uh, happily married and my wife is the best <laughs> cook. And uh, I said if I had her back in the day, I would probably be Mr. Olympia. But as I was cooking my own food, you wouldn't want to eat my chicken <laughs> and you wouldn't want to eat my beef, you know, this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was challenging. But for me, and this is what, what I'm, I'm, as you know, now a coach and I'm coaching so many people. Uh, I have a hard time convincing people to eat. Oh, I don't have an appetite. You know? No, 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 no. Training is only half of the equation. Right. If you don't nourish it, yeah, again, I'm not going to say wasting time, but I'm going to say wasting time if I always look the same thing, maximization. If you want minimal and optimal, yeah, you're not wasting time. You're going to get something. But if you want to maximize, there's no compromises, no uh, excuses, no compromises. You have to have timely and uh, nutritionally what your body needs. Now, when you cover that basis, then uh, how you build the muscle through the training and stimulation. So now if I have 
perfect training and stimulation that can cause growth, hypertrophy. It can be myofibril, heavy weights. It can be sarcoplasmic, light weights in combination of my giant sets you experienced today and everything <laughs> else. Right? But <clears throat> there are different ways to roam, right? But there's uh, most effective ones. And I talk about maximization. So I put everything in the basket and I, I want to maximize. So what does it mean? For me, training was twice a day, six days a week. Wow. Okay? So many people even nowadays, oh, that's overtraining and you shouldn't. It's yeah, but this is your profession, though. That's, that's my profession right. also. But also uh, something that uh, uh, you experience today. I've never seen your training before. Right. right. I don't know your strength, endurance, capacities or anything. I push you through hell. Yeah. And you finish it. Why? Because I know you're highly motivated and uh, you were ready to be tested. So I tested you and you passed in the you know, flying colors, by the way. But this is how my training was every time, twice a day. Every time you stepped in the gym. Yes, because if I'm there in a the gym, what is my job in a gym? To just right. have fun, do something? No. I want to compete against the best in the world. And I'm going to do everything possible to create that maximum stimulation. And then I'm going to have a maximum nutrition timely to feed that muscle. But one thing along that um, um, discovery, what, uh, what would work, was interaction with my father, who, after he realized that I was not doing my judo and uh, uh, other sports, he saw me you know, building the muscle. I said, okay, uh, you're a bodybuilder now. Okay, so... What can you tell me about muscle hypertrophy? Well, you were, th this was after you already signed the contract with Joe Weaver. No, 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 no. This was before oh, I came to America. Got it. Okay. But, okay. But it, it, this is a very important part of the story for everything that I want people to understand. But uh, uh, before I came to the United States and became pro bodybuilder, right, I was training what I thought I was supposed to be doing, right? And I was following what exercise physiology as a science would tell us. Okay, you feed your muscle, but not sufficiently, as you know. There was always recommendations were for a mice, right, 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 <laughs> not right, for a human, right. and then not uh, for a, for a PV Herman rather than right, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. right. So as I didn't want to look like PV Herman, I want to be Arnold. Then I increased my protein, and everything else. But my father, <clears throat> uh, who was not a bodybuilder, obviously, but he was doctor science of neuropsychiatry, very knowledgeable, very educated. Uh, he said, explain me muscle growth. So I said, okay, I would go to the gym, stimulate the muscle, okay? I would eat some protein carbohydrates earlier, then uh, I would let go for a couple of hours to let it digest it, then I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna trash my muscle fibers, I'm gonna use ATP, uh, cellular energy, I'm going to use my glycogen storage, I'm going to break down the muscle tissue, I'm going to lose amino acids, I'm going to create that shock breakdown that now is going to force my body to replenish because you destroyed it and body wants to get back to normal and not just back to normal but put a little bit extra to prevent maybe next shock of happening. Of course, first time and second time it happened, body doesn't uh, understand that's going to be... Um, ongoing thing so maybe one or two workouts are not going to do it but if when you keep doing it now body is recognizing this shock and nutrient loss and breakdown of muscle tissue it's going to start sending back to feed it and to prepare it for the next workout but <clears throat> the the big thing when my father told me oh so you want to break down 
And that breakdown was the word. Mm -hmm. yeah, is breakdown good? <laughs> so I said, okay, breaking down, it doesn't sound so good. I said, okay, let's have a sledgehammer. I think I told you that story. Yeah. It says, break down this uh, wall, break down your room, break down, and then you can rebuild it. And then once you rebuild it, break down again and rebuild it. And two times a day, six days a week, why don't you? I said, okay, so I asked him, what are you saying? So that's catabolism, breaking down. Mm -hmm. Breaking down your right. own body, breaking down the tissue. Right. That's negative, not positive. Yeah. So what do you want? You want a anabolizing, I want an anabolic action. Anabolic. Yeah. yeah. So building, not breaking down. I say, okay, yeah, I understand, but I'm building it after the training. And this is what we're gonna have a, when we talk about the uh, also supplements that we're gonna mm -hmm. do, we have a same people thinking, uh, like 50 years ago, the same way, okay, I'm gonna just break it down. Right. And then I'm gonna rebuild it afterwards, yeah? I'm gonna... Body's gonna rebuild stronger. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna hope that I'm gonna actually eat enough and in timely fashion, so physiological preference of the body when I eat is still gonna be to push those nutrients back to the muscle. But if I, you know, miss the train and it doesn't go really there, oh well, you know, too bad, so sad. He said, no, you're not maximizing, again, why did you just kill yourself in the gym? Why did you kill yourself in the gym to just, you know, compromise? No, 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 no. But my father pointed out to me, super important thing that I want to touch the subject. I want people to really pay attention to it. He told me, do you understand about hyperemia, mm -hmm. increased blood flow to the muscle, mm -hmm. advantage that you can create? You can create, why? Because not me, I'm sitting on my desk reading my book and my six liters of blood is distributed just to my tissues of need. My brain is working, right? So it's mostly there and uh, organs that need to function, but not muscles, I'm physically inactive. So I wanna pause you on that because that's one thing that when you and I first met, you mentioned about you, you talked about, you know, the human body has roughly six liters of blood. Men, uh, women, maybe five. Men, yeah. okay. So, well, men, yeah. okay, so see, I'm learning too, guys. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is I actually didn't know that until you, see, and, and, and I, you know, went to school, I was a sports medicine guy, but I don't think that the average person understands that, like that's all the blood that you have as a man, uh, roughly in his body, and then when you exercise, where does that blood go? I think that was like the most, that was the most aha thing that you said to me when you and I first started talking yes. about some of this stuff. Yes, so what is, in the blood, really, what happens? Oh, you get nutrients, you get amino acids, you get the glucose, you get the triglycerides, you get the, you know, ATP, right? So you have nutrients that blood is distributing to all the tissues. Blood essentially is carrying those nutrients yeah. to the muscles. That's, it, that's how it works. That's how it reaches all the tissues, right? right. Otherwise, you would not live, right? But uh, what he was, you know, trying to tell me, do you understand the difference between you and me? I so say like, well, yeah, you are inactive. And as you said, my father, 10% you know, is in the, in the muscle tissue. It's no need for more. This is you when you train. You can create that hyperemia that reaches 60, 70%. Like, oh, so 10% of the six liters is 600 milliliters. Oh, it's about here, right? <laughs> and 70% uh, is uh, four liters. You know, five of those, right? 
So you know the difference. He says, okay, so what's the point? Yeah, blood goes there, so what? Ah. I say, well, what happens if you saturate the blood? With nutrients. With nutrients. If you put what you want to deliver to the muscle, because why are you training? You want to stimulate the muscle. Oh, oh you want to break down the muscle. You want to make it smaller. Right. No, you don't want to make it smaller. Right. You want to you want carry to nutrients to it when it needs it. Exactly. What he was saying, okay, so what he was saying is supply nutrients, anabolic, anticatabolic, fat burning, any uh, beneficial nutrients that you want delivered to your working muscle. Okay? And then when the blood has all these saturated nutrients, if you're smart enough, you're going to trigger insulin release. Why insulin? Oh, most anabolic hormone. Oh, storage hormone. Oh, hormone that takes anything out of the blood in the first available tissues and cells. Oh, but no, bad. Sugar is not good. Insulin is not good. Bodybuilders don't eat sugar. What are you talking about? Right. Right? I say, really? So I say, uh, okay, if you have insulin in the bloodstream and you have amino acids, and the glucose, and the ATP, where do you think it's going to go? Especially if you're in a gym and contracting your muscle. Excuse me, the muscle. Every muscle contraction opens up the cells, is ready for uptake of hydrolyzed, predigested nutrients in elemental state, ready for uptake. Insulin pushes into the cells. Mm -hmm. So this is where I get that idea from, and I, I'm going to be honest, for a couple of months, I didn't want to actually even apply it because it was just, if I might say, pissing me off. Like, he's telling me this, and it makes perfect sense, but I didn't read in books. Right. Okay? Uh, but then I said, like, okay, this makes too much sense for me to ignore it. So uh, you started I, applying it. I went to the uh, pharmacy, actually, in Serbia. It's a socialist government, so you get... Uh, all the medication, basically free uh, pennies. Uh, I think I told you this, uh, but I must confess, uh, he was a doctor, so he has the prescription mm -hmm. uh, notebook, and I learned in a Latin language to write necessa est and write my EAAs, essential amino acids, and how many per day. So, and I went to 20 different pharmacies and I get my essential amino acids, beautiful, okay. Those are for renal patients, you know, to get, uh, you know, these essential aminos that they need. Okay, so I had a high-quality essential amino acids. I went to the grocery store, and guess what? You can buy a dextrose, simple, cheap, monosaccharide glucose, mm -hmm. basically in powder, which is actually... Uh, for those of you on the... It's fast-digesting carbs. Fast-digesting carbs, yes. yeah. And... For other people to also think about this, it's monosaccharide. It's one molecule, right? So this is glucose, and that's what dextrose is, one. Table sugar, sucrose, is disaccharide. Fructose and glucose together, and then you have a maltose, two molecules of uh, glucose, and then you have a polysaccharides, many, 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 many. As we're going to touch that subject now, some people claim that polysaccharides are much... Are preferable, and you're supposed to be taking them rather than cheap dextrose. Dextrose, dextrose give you glucose. It doesn't need to change. It's a one molecule monosaccharide. That how you take it is how it goes in the bloodstream. 
when you take this protein we talk about and you get uh, high quality protein and you digest it, you get amino acids, maybe elemental, one by one, or peptides, depeptides, oligopeptides, right? You get this from it. So you're taking chicken and turkey and fish and beef to get those amino acids. But why do you take carbohydrates to get the glucose? And when you want to trigger insulin release, when you want insulin in your bloodstream, which is only one time, when is your best friend? Right. That's what I want to also differentiate, because here's my father suggesting that I trigger insulin release by eating a simple carbs and then saturating my blood with all these nutrients. Okay, but hey, he doesn't know bodybuilding, you know. But I tried because that makes perfect sense. I was improving to the level that uh, everybody that saw me was accusing me of taking anabolic steroids. Right, you told me about that and you yes. weren't. I warned, I, I, yeah. I didn't know nothing about steroids. Plus, in one of those uh, magazines, I've seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger in this pose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was no steroids, you know, that was written under the picture. Of course, I'm naive and gullible. And so, you know, I believe that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't take steroids. Right. And when I went to the United States, 87, to compete as a in the Miss Universe, I was drug-free. I didn't know nothing right. about steroids. And I believe they're bad. You shouldn't be taking them. But... To get back on this subject, my father suggested, so I took essential aminos and glucose. My pumps were crazy. My retention of the muscle that I was gaining was ridiculous. And this is training two times a day, too. Two times a day. Right. Yeah. But at two times, I had nutritional support during a training. What matters the most? When matters the most? And the message that actually I got from the father about this hyperemia advantage system, and as I was telling you, that only happens when you train. Only. No other time during a day, unless you're really physically active and doing something to trigger some muscle contraction, but it's going to be different. But and the reason why is because of what you said, is that the six liters of blood yeah. aren't being activated within the muscle because the muscle's not working if you're just sitting around. Yeah, exactly. Similar conversation, you and I were at lunch earlier, and we were talked about, I think even Joe Rogan, you know, yeah. brought this up about, yeah, uh, and I think Joe actually credited Jim for getting the information. It's like, you can drink Gatorade. They were debating about Gatorade. Yes. You can drink Gatorade, sit on your ass, drink Gatorade. It's going to convert to a sugar into fat because you're not doing anything. You drink it during and after exercise, your body's going to use it completely differently. Completely differently. Right. And this is, this is a message for anybody that is here uh, watching and maybe they're on the uh, keto diets or they believe that uh, carbs are enemy and insulin is the enemy and all that, but they are physically active and they actually go to the gym. Right. If anybody stepped the foot in on the gym floor to lift weights and they don't have glucose or sugar or carbohydrate, how can they not insult them by calling them an idiots? But uh, uh, I would say they're, okay, <laughs> ignorant. They, they were, yeah, right. I would say ignorant. So you're going to go to the gym to use glucose as a fuel. Muscle contraction needs glucose. You're going to use glucose as a fuel. But you're on a keto diet and you uh, don't want to do anything during your training and you don't want to do anything post-workout. You're just going to rely on your body to find a way to adapt and survive and be far away not even from optimal, you're going to be at the minimal right. level. You don't want to maximize. Certainly not maximizing, yeah. right? So if glucose is being used for muscle contraction, 
and you don't have it, when is coming from? Or you're going to say maybe from glycogen storage. Well, guess what? If you're on a low-carbohydrate diet or keto diet, your glycogen was long gone, two, three days into your diet. Right. So where else is going to come from? Oh, it can come from amino acids because 18 out of 20 amino acids are glycogenic, so body can convert into the glucose. Yeah. Oh, a highly valuable amino acids that can be integrated in your tissues and cells and muscles, you're going to use to burn as a glucose just because you didn't want to take a glucose. It's, it's uh, amazing to me that uh, even we have this conversation, and I have to say this. I said this for 30 years about, and I don't know for what reason my uh, word is not going through the people's heads. If you are lifting weights, doing uh, high-intensity uh, weightlifting training, muscle contractions, resi resistance training, you need glucose as a fuel. If you supply body with the glucose at the time when you train, that glucose is going to trigger insulin release because <coughs> hyperglycemia is going to cause the beta cells from pancreas to go in a, in a bloodstream and regulate, bring it down because hyperglycemia it's toxic. It's uh, something yeah. that uh, everybody. But I think because you said you said it too, like when we were when we were at lunch earlier, mm -hmm. um, and trying to repeat some of the stuff because he, he had such amazing like these aha moments that I think you know sometimes it takes when you see your messaging, you know, about like you know how some people can't get it. Sometimes it just takes an ignoramus like me who has the opportunity to sit with you and ask them the questions that can think about like, well, you know what? There's other people out there who you know. I shouldn't say ignorant, just haven't found the right messaging because that's what the problem was when Jim and I started this brand was, as I told you, I would go up to his office, Milos, every single day and be like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this? And he'd look at me and be like, aren't you reading any of my articles? And I'm like, yeah, but it, you know, the five best pre-workouts to take, like what's a beta alanine product? Where can I find that? Cause I'm thinking, where's the label? You know, I'm not thinking most people don't understand what ingredients are. Most people, when they hear the word carbohydrate, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, carbs can put on fat. Yeah. The most important thing, I think, is what you just said is the timing yes. of those. You know, we, we have this thing around here that Jim established when he and I were talking. I said, you know, I said, Joe Weider had these 39 principles, Jim. Um, they, they were more about training and, you know, like, related to working out yeah. nobody really has principles or pillars or whatever you want to call it of supplementation because i think that's what was wrong with the supplement industry when you want to talk about a pre-workout or a protein what are the five things that somebody should take into consideration and he said well ingredients the form of those ingredients the dose the synergy right carbohydrates EAAs, yeah. there's a synergy there. You need a carrier, right? And leucine, we talked about leucine on its own. You need, right? And then also timing. When are you going to take those ingredients? And I think that to me, when I was listening to you speak earlier, that was the most important thing. It was the ingredients, but also the timing. And, and, you, and people don't realize that, Milos. I think that's the thing. Like carbs are good when they are applied correctly at the right time. Absolutely. And as I experienced in here, and I'm not joking, if you guys, if, if you're going to see 
Milos, I mean, I, I think at one point I said I, I, I screamed like this high pitch because I lost my voice and it like had a different octave. So I was a little embarrassed because, it, it, you know, the, the workout was so intense. But the one thing that you said to me, you said, Mike, you know, 20 years from now, we're going to be sitting around and well, I'll, I'll leave it to you. What, yeah, what, what, I'm going to be bummed out that today you didn't have an intra-workout uh, supplementation right. to uh, follow the intensity of the training and the stimulation that I gave it to you. So I, I took you to the crazy workout. I know that I maximally stimulated every muscle fiber, every muscle cell of your biceps, triceps today, guarantee, guarantee. So for me, it was just, if I am true to my maximization, I took you to the maximally stimulating workout, but I didn't supply you with the maximally uh, concentrated blood with the nutrients that would make a difference. I really think that the the messaging when you start trying to get through to somebody, you can't be completely polite. You just got to be honest. You know, I think that there's and that's there, there's authenticity. Our authenticity, uh, I think, creates trust. I think that's one of the things that I love about doing things unscripted like this um, was because, um, like you, it, it, it's the it's the it's the greatest, uh, I think, issue we have as a culture just in general is people are craving authenticity. People are craving um, the truth, no matter what it is. And if you look at from a culture today and all the stuff that's going on in the world, people are just, like, what is the truth? What is it? And I think the only way that you actually get that is if you just sit down and you just start talking or you come in and you just say, let's start training. Um, you know, and, and you catch people at their most vulnerable moments um, because that's when you're going to get the most honest reaction. And I think for this brand, that's one of the things that I've always prided myself on was the fact that when Jim and I would shoot content, um, dude, I would go down there twice a week. You know, hey, you coming down? Yeah. What do you want to shoot? I don't know. If, once we get there, let's just start talking. And we go down there and that created some of the most genuine, authentic content that people were like they leaned into because it was trustworthy. And because he's doing what he's normally he's doing, doing. Exactly. There, there's, there's nothing it's not fake. There. It's yeah. not fake. And yeah. I think that in trust to me is the hardest thing to earn, but the easiest thing to lose. It balances on the, on the head of a needle. And so I think anything that we do that together, um, yeah, I've, like I've used it for a long, cause it's like true. It, yeah. And, but anything that we do together, I want to keep that authenticity. You know, I think that we're going to create media together. We're going to create workout programs and, and serviceable pieces of content and messaging. And, you know, my promise to you and my promise to any of the viewers, anyone else, is that it's always going to be authentic with us. It's always going to be authentic just like it is here. Um, because I think that if you if you don't do that, you lose a sense of why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah, and um, my message is also what I'm doing in, this, in the first place. I will never tell people what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Right. Uh, I mean, this is a huge difference because it's just sugar-coated for me. Just accept, tell me that I'm doing right. No, you're not doing right. Or you can do hell of a much better. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, I'm 58. Time is passing, right? I remember listening to Sylvester Stallman. He was counting how many weeks he has uh, 
to live, like if he lives, <laughs> and then cut down that uh, weeks into the seven days into so many hours. So he actually puts perspective puts, on puts, it. Like, how many yeah. more hours he has there? Uh, time is the most precious thing on this earth in your life. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Right. I mean, so I know the people, and I, I was gym owner for 11 years. They go to the gym five, six, seven days a week, and they had zero progress. I mean, zero progress. And they would just do things out of convenience. Okay, right. it's uh, commendable that they actually step in the gym. But then again, would you want to try to do anything in any aspects of your life and have zero results right. for 10 years? Right. You know, at which point you say, like, hold on a second, maybe I should... Uh, rethink and uh, try something new well milosh i want to thank you again um uh for for joining us here and we will definitely have you back looking forward to it thank you my friend i'll be back <laughs> all right all right guys this is mike Mackerlane with the gym life podcast you guys have a great afternoon and evening take care <laughs>